down of an announcement. Um, I'm not sure if any of you have seen the uh, newsletter that's gone out, but just a quick synopsis of what it is. Um, no doubt everyone's seen that the restrictions that the government is uh, changing now at this moment uh, is good, so there's a lot more relaxing, people are able to get out and about. Um, it obviously raises questions about our gatherings in person. At the moment, um, we're just being a little bit more patient as we're working through some of the details for that. Um, obviously, everyone wants to get back to meeting in person and we really do understand that. But what we're trying to do is just make sure that we as a church uh, are ticking all the right boxes and making sure that we're not just compliant with what the government requires us to do, but that we're keeping everyone safe as well. So um, just bear with us a little bit of patience on that matter. Um, uh, we, we really do understand that everyone wants to get back to, to meeting together, but it's, uh, it's coming soon, so uh, stay tuned. Uh, what we're going to do now is we're just going to have um, some prayer with uh, Nikki. So Nikki's going to do a prayer for us. She's, she's dialing in. And then uh, Roz is going to read the Bible, which is the most important thing that we do here at Soul Revival. Dear Heavenly Father, we come together this morning to give you our thanks and praise. Thank you for this morning, for our time together to gather and to learn from your word. Bless our time together this morning, Lord may it be fruitful and joyful we give you praise for your creation lord for our beautiful surroundings nature and all its blessings trees animals clean air and water for the sound of the birds singing in the trees you created the world and everything in it and we give you our thanks this morning we give you our thanks for our church leaders and wardens we thank you for their faithfulness uh, to you and for their wisdom, particularly um, as they navigate these COVID times. Strengthen them, Lord. Keep them close to you and continue to grow their faith um, in you and their wisdom as they work out the next phase um, of our worshipping together. We give you thanks for our community groups that meet, have met each week. And we give you praise that even during isolation times, these meetings have continued and thrived. We pray for the leaders of these groups. And we thank you for their service to us, for their faithful teaching of the word. And we also pray, uh, pray thanks for those who attend the groups and ask that they would continue and grow and strengthen their faith in you. We pray for all the workers at the forefront of the COVID fight, for the scientists, and researchers, doctors, nurses, and other essential workers. We pray thanks for their services, uh, services to us over the past few months, and we ask that you would continue to keep them safe, healthy, and strong. We pray for those of us, for those who are known or unknown among us, uh, who are sad or sick or struggling at the moment. Lord, be with them. Give them comfort and strength. May they lean on you when they are weary and look to you for comfort and wisdom when words fail them. Help us, Lord, as, as a church and as a church family to look after our brothers and sisters during this time. And finally, Lord, we thank you for Jesus who changes everything. We thank you for his teachings, for the words that he's spoken, for the way that they have changed our hearts and minds. We thank you for his sacrifice on the cross, taking our punishment so that we can be in a relationship with you, meet together this morning and bring our request to you. Amen. 
Please join me in reading from the Bible for today's passage is from the book of Proverbs, chapter 1, verses 1 to 6. Follow along with the words on the screen or use your Bibles at home. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. For gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behaviour, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance. For understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. Thanks, Roz. Uh, we are starting a new series in Proverbs. We've just come in out of Daniel. And we're going to be spending the next, I think it's about four or five weeks in Proverbs. We're not going to be able to cover all of it, but I'm looking forward to diving into uh, this idea of wisdom, which is what we're going to be picking up as we go through this series. So I'm going to pray for us, and we're going to have a look at these first six verses of chapter one. So will you join with me in prayer? Our dear gracious God, we thank you for our time together this morning in this digital format. And as Drew has already said, Father, we know that there is light at the end of the tunnel. And Father, we ask this morning that you would give us patience, that you would give us wisdom as we study this book of wisdom. Father, you would give us insight and understanding so that we may continue to honour you and glorify you in everything that we say and do. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as I said, we are in this series and we are looking at this theme of wisdom and we're starting at chapter one because it actually explains pretty well for us what Proverbs is all about. And as I was going through, I was thinking, oh, what are some modern day Proverbs that we have? Now, if you're uh, Yarrawarra at any point uh, in the coming future, hopefully not too far away, but if you've been there in the past, Nikki Cousins is always good for a, a little bit of a pearl of wisdom or a little proverb, you could say. And uh, I was trying so hard to remember some of them, but you might remember some of them. Nikki, I hope you put some in the comments. Uh, now as we go, because there's always something that's happened in the week that is really cool. But I did a bit of a, a, bit of a Google search and found some, and uh, some little proverbs that you may have heard from time to time. Some, I guess, as soon as you hear them, you know what they mean. Others, you've got to think a little bit about them. And that's the beauty of proverbs is that some are very simple and some actually stretch our brains. A bit like as, uh, as Roz finished that, our bobbery in the end of uh, verse 6 there in terms of riddles. That's what riddles do. They, they stretch our brains. They help us think deeper and more. But here are some, just a couple that I found that I thought I would share, which would be funny. You may have heard these ones. And that is this. There is nothing permanent except change. It's very true, very wise saying. Or a divided house against itself cannot stand. And you may have heard this more often than not. Uh, I remember my grandmother used to say this quite often, that is, don't count your chickens before they hatch. And I, and I guess a, um, uh, just the last one is, a jack of all trades is the master of none. Now, you may have heard some of those sayings. You may have heard of many others. They're little kind of phrases that are to teach us and to help us to think and to act wisely. And really, that's what Proverbs is about. As we have a look at chapter one, right off the bat, in these first six verses, Solomon describes for us what wisdom is. And let's have a look. We're going to have a look at verses 1 to 6. So if you've got your Bible, please open them up to make sure that what I'm saying is what is in the Word of God. 
And what we see there is we see wisdom being described in many different ways and words used to help describe the type of wisdom that Solomon is talking about. And one of those words in verse 2 is the word insight. See, there's wisdom and this wisdom is for understanding words of insight. Now that means this idea of insight is to, to see things that other people don't always see, to spot the differences, to see those fine details in things that people gloss over. Now, when I think of this, I think of uh, the Sherlock Holmes movies or the, the, uh, the TV series with, uh, with Bernadette Cumberbatch in it, where he goes into a crime scene and everybody else is trying to figure out what is going on, but somehow the Sherlock Holmes character is, in an instant, sees about a thousand things more than everybody else sees. And they're all the things that are crucial for solving the crime. Because this character has that depth of insight, that insight that nobody else seems to have. Now, one of the things that we see here is that there is an insight that is needed into situations where it actually brings about wisdom, a degree of wisdom. Where others see a blur, people see the detail. But not only that, he also talks about wisdom in terms of a, a practical sense. Uh, there's a difference between wisdom and knowledge, and I'm sure most of us know that. See, wisdom is practical knowledge. It is, it's more than just knowing things or knowing facts. We probably know somebody who knows lots about various things. But wisdom is actually taking those facts and using them rightly. Knowing what to do with that information, with those facts in day-to-day life. Another word that pops up in these first few verses is the word prudence. Now, it carries this idea of exercising care and good judgment in in planning for things for the future, being able to make uh, decisions now that will actually help achieve goals in the future. To actually not make some decisions for the sake of what will take place later. And prudence is something that is really a difficult thing to grow in. It's, a, it's a, different, a difficult aspect sometimes of wisdom. But that's how Solomon describes the wisdom that he's talking about here. And the, the, other one, the other word I want to point out here is the word discretion, which kind of has that idea of sensitivity and a self-restraint. That the, the person makes uh, the right decisions at the right time in a way that actually doesn't cause offence or hurt to other people. Now, that discretion is a very important thing when we talk about acting wisely. When we, especially as Christians, as we talk about the way that we want to love God and love one another, discretion is something that is highly needed when it comes to that. If we want to love somebody, we need to know how to talk with one another in ways that are wise, ways that uh, discern the right things to say at the right time. Words that don't put people down, but actually lift people up and encourage them. Even if it is a word that is a word of correction, doing it in a way that is uplifting and not cutting down. And so what we find here in Proverbs is that there is just so many wonderful things and I guess rich illustrations throughout the book of Proverbs that help us in the art of living wisely. And that's what this series is. We're talking about the act of living out this wisdom. 
to live lives that are stable, that are good, that are coherent, that are effective. And I think as we come out of our self-isolation, as we move through our various stages of coming out of COVID, wisdom is something that we need now more than ever. Well, I guess we've always needed it. But as I look around, I see a lot of people coming out into our, into our communities, into our shops, into our cafes, and actually are not displaying much in the way of wisdom. They are not thinking about how, they, how their actions may affect other people or how they, their actions will affect businesses that are under strict guidelines to do certain things. To think about those who actually might really still be full of fear and anxiety about another wave breaking out. Instead of just imposing what we are going to do and how we're going to have, we need conversation, we need discernment, we need prudence. We need all these things that make up wisdom as we go back, as we seek to love God and to seek to love one another. And so I think this series comes at a really, really crucial time for us because we need wisdom as we come out of this. Now, there are many, many famous sayings throughout, uh, you know, I mentioned a few parables that you've probably heard, but there are many that actually come out of Proverbs, uh, out of this book of Proverbs, very wise sayings. And it's very easy for us to get caught up in focusing on these sayings and trying to structure them in a way that creates a moral code. So there's a bit of a danger in looking through Proverbs because there is a temptation to look at them and go, well, this is what I need to do to be good, or this is what I need to have the right morals. Now, Proverbs does do that. It helps us to understand what is good and what is right and what is wrong, uh, what is good morals and what isn't. But if we limit Proverbs to thinking that way, we actually rob Proverbs of the wisdom that it actually has there for us. See, Proverbs is not less than morals. It's not less than being good. It is those things, but it's way more, much, much more. And here's what I mean. There are, there are certain things in life where being good or having moral, good morals actually doesn't help us make decisions. I'll give you an example, see if this helps. Hopefully it does. Just imagine you are going for two jobs and you get offered both of these jobs. Both of these jobs are great jobs. There is nothing wrong with them in terms of ethics, great. Pay, great travel, everything is good. But you've got to choose between these two things. How does, how does being good and having good morals help us make that decision? They don't, to be totally honest. They don't help us make that decision. What helps us make that decision is actually wisdom. Being able to be prudent, to be able to be discerning, to have insight. Because one of those jobs may actually, down the line, not be the best job, the best fit for you. But morals and being good or bad really doesn't have an impact on making that sort of decision. And so as we go through Proverbs, Solomon and those who write these Proverbs are there trying to stretch our brain, help us to think, help, help us to grow in wisdom, to grow in insight, to grow in prudence, to grow in discernment and an understanding so that when these situations occur where morals and good behavior don't give us instruction 
on how we are to act. That we have this framework, we have this wisdom that is growing in us so that we can make these choices. But the question is, where do we find this wisdom? And that's the thing we're going to look at over the coming weeks because this is really important as we move forward, that we look for wisdom in the right place. So I think at the moment we, we do thirst for knowledge. We, we want to know things. The amount of times I, I see people talking about uh, or liking videos on Facebook of life hacks, you know, certain things that you can do to save yourself time. It's like, yes, I need that in my life. That's the sort of thing I need. And we chase after those things. And yes, they, some of those things do save us time. I've tried a few of them. I must not be. Out, I must be doing terrible at life because I can't do life hacks. Uh, my, they just don't, they don't work for me. Um, but we, we do. We, we look for thoughts and ideas to improve our lives in so many places. You go to the, the, uh, the New York Times bestseller and they're full of books of self-help or 10 things to do to get ahead in business or nine things to do to get uh, to get the, the fittest you or the best looking you, or all those sorts of things where we go looking for wisdom in these places. But the problem is that there's so much to choose from. How do we know which ones are right? And in fact, a lot of them contradict themselves or contradict other people or will contradict themselves later on in another edition. But as we read through Proverbs, we see something really clear. What we find that is really clear in Proverbs is where we find wisdom, where wisdom begins and ends, where it has its origins. And we didn't actually read it because I actually wanted to read it out to you. And that is this in verse 7, where it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, is the beginning of wisdom, but fools despise wisdom and instructions. Now, that sounds a bit like a bit of a weird saying, but you might have heard it before. The beginning, the, the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of growing in knowledge and growing in wisdom. Now, what does that mean? Well, there's two ways we, you can look at it. There's, I guess there's two ways to look at fear, isn't there? There is the negative side. So that's, I'm afraid that someone's going to hurt me if I do something wrong. And sometimes we can treat God like that where we, we want to make sure that we've got ourselves sorted, we're right and good before we come before God, because we don't want God to hurt us. We don't want God to punish us. And so we spend so much time getting ourselves right before we come to Him. So we present ourselves there in good shape, perfect before Him. The other, uh, the other side is a positive type of fear. And that is the type of fear of when you come before, say, someone that you really admire, like a celebrity, for example. I don't know if you've ever met a celebrity. Uh, I know my wife has seen a few celebrities uh, when she's gone to various events and you know, stood on the sideline of the, uh, the red carpet. And my wife always knows the right things to say, but when the celebrity walks past, she melts and you know, kind of trips over her tongue and, and doesn't know what to say because she's in awe of them. And you might be that, that way too. I know when I see people that I admire, some you know, sporting characters, whatever else, I get so worried about or so scared of interrupting their lives that I won't even go near them. I'll try and avoid them like I haven't seen them. It's that type of fear that's not, not that you're scared of getting hurt, but it's a, it's a, it's an, 
a, I guess a fear that comes from being in awe of somebody, of being totally captivated by who that person is, that you will you want to do what is good and right. You want to you want you want to uh, give them the respect that is rightfully theirs. You want to live up to their standard. You want to you want to. I guess in terms of when we're talking about God, we want to glorify Him in all that we say and do. That is the type of fear that Solomon is getting here. Not the negative type, but the positive side, that we are so in awe of God that we want to grow in our knowledge of who He is and who we are as human beings. We want to grow in wisdom to live this life in a way that is worthy of being sons and daughters, His children in this life. And by doing that, we're actually called to admit that we are actually fools ourselves. So being a fool, you might be a bit offended. I'm not, I don't mean to be offended. I'm probably the biggest fool of the lot. But it's admitting that we don't know everything. See, we can be one of two things. We can either be a fool and, and not know anything, or we can be so wise in our own eyes that we will not listen to anybody else. But there is something as we come before Jesus is that we are to humble ourselves and admit that we do not know everything, that we are not in right shape. In fact, uh, the Apostle Paul uh, talks about this in 1 Corinthians. I encourage you to have a read of it at some point. 1 Corinthians uh, 18 through to 31 says things like this. Verse 81, uh, eight, sorry, verse 18 says, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. See, when we look at Jesus we, and Jesus coming down, the, the very man being fully God, fully man, all the wisdom of God dwelling in him, seeing him go to the cross doesn't sound like a wise choice. See, if God was going to come down and bring about a new kingdom, which Jesus says in Matthew 12, he's come to bring in, to usher in the new kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. To do that, you would think you would come in as a general of an army to bring that new kingdom in. Or as a philosopher and have those wise words to convince people to join, to be part of his group, to, to I guess, to be convinced of this kingdom. But for Jesus to come down to do neither of those two, but to actually go and die on a cross sounds doesn't sound like wisdom at all. It sounds like foolishness. But here is a great example of this discernment and this prudence that Solomon talks about. Because here is God making a choice that will have an effect on all eternity. It is something that will change the course of history forever. When Jesus dies on that cross, he does something that nobody in all their wisdom has ever been able to do. No matter what king has gone before him or after him or philosopher or great intellectual thinker or lecturer or president or whoever, no one is able to unite people in the way that Jesus does. No one is able to save wholly and completely in the way that Jesus does. And it is done only through his death on the cross and his resurrection. 
wisdom is found in God. And we see it at the cross when he sends his son Jesus to die for us. Then when we look to him, yes, it looks like foolishness, but there, there we find wisdom. We find how we are to live as those who love God, who seek to love others in, with prudence and with discernment, with wisdom and understanding and insight. See, I'll be honest with you, I am not the smartest person. I, you, you, you know, here's, a, here's another proverb, you know, not the sharpest tool in the shed, probably me. Happy to put my hand up. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're the sharpest tool or the bluntest tool. Wisdom begins at the cross. In fact, at the end of that section that Paul writes, he writes this, and I want to leave us with this this morning. He says, Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of this world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness and redemption. See, Paul himself says that our wisdom begins at the cross because Jesus is the wisdom of God. And I want to ask you this morning to come before God and admit your foolishness before him. It is not a sign of weakness, but it is a sign of strength. It is a sign of willingness to grow in wisdom. To not come before him and admit your foolishness is a sign to say that you know everything, that you are wise in your own eyes. But that's not the case. Because we know that we offend. We know that we do do wrong. And so I encourage you this morning to come before God, admit who we are, and to look to him, to look to Jesus, who is the wisdom of God. So that as we come out of this time together and we, we start moving back to being more face-to-face, that we will have the wisdom to interact with each other, to care for one another, to think of the needs of each other, to act with prudence and discernment. Let me pray for us and then we're going to sing. Dear gracious God, we thank you for your word and we thank you, thank you that no matter who we are, Wisdom is here for us to grab hold of in your son, Jesus. Father, we pray that you would continue to work in us so that we may look to you, that we may see the wisdom that is found in Jesus, that we would admit our foolishness so that we may humbly learn wisdom from you, our great God, our Father. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thanks again for listening to the Soul Revival Church podcast. Uh, just a reminder, if you want to watch any of these services that we hold live, you can go to soulrevivalchurch.com and you can see all the gatherings at the top of the page. You can choose anyone you wish. It can be on Friday, Saturday or Sunday. Thanks again and one way. Music is okay by Ixit.